0: what the glasses do is they move the light further back in your eye so they compensate for the muscle spasm while not fixing it
1: welcome to the your longevity blueprint podcast i'm your host dr stephanie gray my number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer happier truly healthier life Today, you're going to hear from Jake Steiner, who will dive into how we escape the vicious cycle of optometry prescriptions. Let's get rolling. Welcome to another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. Today, my guest is Jake Steiner, who is a semi-retired stock trader and investor. His personal passion is understanding human eyesight and has spent the last 20 years in vision biology science, exploring nearsightedness prevention and reversal methods. Jake hosts the web's largest vision improvement community with many tens of thousands of participants and has written over 1,200 articles on vision biology and myopia control. Welcome to the show, Jake.
0: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Well, tell us your story. It sounds like it's a little bit interesting. So how did you become a stock trader turned vision expert and why and how has human eyesight fascinated you?
0: So the story is, it starts out not very exciting. I was an analyst, basically. I was looking at what happens in the stock market and how to make money. And I got lucky during a time where these things were going crazy, made lots of money, had lots of free time. And I had eyesight, minus five doctors. If I put my glasses down, I would never find them again. At one point, I went to the optometrist and they said, I need stronger glasses again, somewhere in my earlier part of my 20s. And the stronger your glasses are, the smaller your eyes look behind them. So I had these little tiny peaky eyes behind my glasses. And it was a vanity thing where I was just like, why is this happening? And they said, it's genetic. And my background is as an analyst is understanding what people are telling you to a more specific extent than most people sometimes. And I'm like, it's unlikely to be genetic. And the more I started asking questions, the less I was getting credible answers. So this was kind of before Google was all handy. So I went to libraries, did research, found out what actually causes nearsightedness, which is well established in clinical science. And then I started digging for solutions. And that's a 20 year journey that brings us to where I'm not wearing glasses and lots of other people don't either.
1: So this may sound silly because I don't really know exactly what stock traders do, but like in the movies, they're in front of all these computer screens, right? They're like looking at all these graphs and numbers. So do you feel like the job you had at that time contributed to your poor vision? And maybe we'll get to that.
0: For sure. Most of what causes nearsightedness is extended close-up focus. So staring at a, a close point for many hours at a time is the starting point. Google Scholar is a great reference that maybe we'll mention later. But what started for me is, is schoolwork, you know, books and homework and reading, all those things.
1: Let's define nearsightedness. So what, what is nearsightedness, which is your, your expertise? And let's talk about how our eyes actually work.
0: So nearsightedness is kind of counterintuitive when you can't see clearly far away. Uh, Farsightedness being the opposite, so you can't see clearly up close. So nearsightedness, or depending where you live, short-sightedness, or myopia is the clinical term for it. If you take off your glasses and you can't see far away, then you're nearsighted.
1: That's me. Yeah, that's me. Well, (laughs) that's probably many of the listeners Yeah, It's interesting, I, I, I told you before we started this topic, or this conversation, that I don't know a lot about this topic. I mean, we just don't learn a lot about it in school. I'm sure after listening to the first five minutes of this, that my schooling also had contributed Mm -hmm. to my nearsightedness. Because I was always, you know, looking in the books, concentrating on the computer, whatnot. I'm sure that that contributed as well. So let's stay on this topic here. So how do our eyes work?
0: The really short explanation. This turns into a big rabbit hole, so I'm just going to keep it on the light part. Scholar.google.com, by the way, I highly recommend. Because some of what we talk about makes people go... Is this some kind of weird conspiracy? And it's not. So it's really handy to go scholar.google.com to look for good clinical peer-reviewed research that solidifies a lot of this. Nearsightedness, short-sightedness starts out as something called pseudo myopia. Pseudo meaning it's not real. That's one keyword to use or near-induced transient myopia, near-induced meaning caused by near stuff, transient meaning temporary. So the beginning of it is you have a circular muscle in your eye called the ciliary that tenses up when you look at things up close. It shapes the lens in the front of your eye to focus the re- the light on the retina in the back of your eye. And in a close-up vision, that lens is bulging basically and the, the muscle around it is tightened. And what happens is as nature intended, you would not be doing this for very extended periods of time. That muscle wouldn't be tight a lot, right? There would be periods of further distance vision. That muscle would always be in motion as you're looking at different things at different distances. But in modern life, you're looking at a fixed point up close, muscles tight. And what pseudomyopia is basically is that muscle spasms. So you spent six hours staring at books or screen and now you look far away and your eyes didn't go bad. It's just that muscle stuck. It's a muscle spasm. That's the beginning of nearsightedness for most people. And then treatment direction of glasses is taking things a little bit in the wrong direction from there. Eventually, that muscle would relax and your distance vision would return. But because your parents freaked out and they sent you to the optometrist, the optometrist is taught in school to say, okay, nearsightedness is a genetic thing or whatever mysterious cause. And they give you glasses. And what glasses do is the muscle has your eyes in close-up mode perfectly healthy eye it's just stuck in close-up and that means the light is focused for close-up vision. Now when you look at a distance light is not focused. What the glasses do is they move the light further back in your eye so they compensate for the muscle spasm while not fixing it. So muscle stuck in close-up the lenses move the light further back so now you have a clear distance vision again immediately. The problem with this is we never addressed the muscle stuck right? And now the second thing that happens is it's kind of a deal with the devil because most people that get glasses get stronger glasses later. The glasses do another thing, and that's called lens-induced myopia. I really recommend looking it up. There's tens of thousands of search results of just clinical peer-reviewed science saying that glasses cause myopia to progress. And basically what happens is the glasses are made for distance vision, basically. They, They move the light further back in your eye. And something that happens without going too deep, it's called hyperopic to focus, where a little bit of the light focuses behind the retina because of the glasses. And your eyeball has a mechanism built into it to adjust its length because it's a fluid filled ball. It's never perfect. It has this mechanism that's in it that works through your whole lifetime that adjusts its length for clear vision everywhere. And now the lenses move the, the light a little bit further back in your eye and that signals for your eye to elongate. And that's how your eyesight gets quote unquote worse is because now the glasses give the eyes a signal to elongate, your eye elongates. Next year you go back to the optometrist, you need stronger glasses because your eye has adjusted to the glasses. And that's a cycle that repeats itself. For that, there's some genetic ingredients basically, but basically the short version is you wear glasses, you're going to need more glasses up to a certain point. And now you're in this thing that was a muscle spasm that now is a condition that you're stuck with.
1: That was me. Year after year after year, my prescriptions got worse and worse and worse. I remember being in grad school. Yeah, <laughs> I remember being in grad school, and one of my uh, friends and colleagues who was uh, of another ethnicity. She said, when my culture." You know, we tell the eye doctor we don't want stronger power. We we want to work our eyes. And I kind of thought, well, that would make not that I totally understood what she was saying, but I thought that kind of makes sense. So then when I went back to my eye doctor that year, I said, now hang on here, because you know he always he's flipping between the I guess your next prescription, saying, okay, is this better, the same, or worse? And usually, a lot of times there is not that much difference. And I don't know if he was just upping my power or whatnot on my prescription, but I said. Don't do not up my power. Can you keep me at the lowest power that I can see? <laughs> and he said, Most people don't ask me that, but yeah, I can do that. And so
0: for Sure. And the main thing that happens if when you got your first pair of glasses, they weren't not that strong. Had you always taken them off when you don't need them, basically for reading and close up, your eyesight would have not gotten worse, most likely. Because that hyperopic to focus, that light focusing behind the eye happens mostly when you wear those glasses during close up vision. So if you would have just taken them off when you don't need them, eyesight wouldn't have gotten worse. And I have a, oh, my own little podcast where you only talk to people who improve the eyesight. And it's a common story that people who had this inclination just always take them off they stayed really low with the doctors
1: interesting and reversing all of this
0: they tell you the opposite they tell you to always wear them and it it doesn't make sense because the the academia side of optometry and ophthalmology understands this but the retail sales side does not so it's kind of a curious divide where i'm quoting a lot of the science written by the same people but the the academics not the people that sell you glasses
1: yikes so Why is it that my doctor has, because I was always interested in LASIK eye surgery, which I'll have to ask your opinion on that. Maybe you should never have your eyeballs lasered or or cut on whatnot. but, But my eye doctor said your vision has to stabilize before you would ever be a candidate. And they say usually that happens in your 20s. So is that what you're kind of saying? Your vision typically kind of gets worse up until a certain point and then it kind of, you know, with the glasses, your vision continues to get worse until a certain point and then do things kind of stabilize?
0: There's a point of equilibrium for most people luckily, right, where you just reach a point where eyesight doesn't get worse. Not for everybody. Some Asian populations tend to have really high myopia. For some people, that that stuff just progresses till there's minus 20 diopters, where the eyeball just continues elongating. For a lot of people, luckily, that's not the case. So depending on various factors, it stops somewhere. The LASIK guy is correct because all LASIK does, it's not a cure or a fix. It just cuts a permanent lens into the front of your eye. It's no different than wearing a contact lens, basically. So if your eyesight is still progressively getting worse, the LASIK will only work for whatever, a year or two or three, as your eyesight was. was to. So they're waiting for the time that your eyesight's not getting any worse. Then do LASIK. usually works out. The problem with LASIK is I always say, Google Dr. Morris Waxler. He was the guy, the head of the FDA research group that got LASIK approved. He's the main guy that got LASIK stamped by the FDA. If you just Google him and his opinion is more telling, I think, than anything else. I mean, he says biggest regret of his life. He should have never done it. And he's very actively campaigning, trying to get this reversed, which of course will never happen. But that's the main guy. Like that's the guy who had all the data who says, I was wrong.
1: I have more questions here, but let me go back to even starting with the eyesight of my little two-year-old, right? So, he rarely gets screen time, but when he has screen time, he wants it right in front of his face. Like, he wants to be right in front of the TV. Tell me how that is bad.
0: <laughs> so, the, the I have a five-year-old now, and one of the first words that he learned was, scooch back. He didn't know anything else yet, and he was still tiny, and he yeah. would just push himself back. Yeah, yeah. So important. That muscle, right? The closer something is, the tighter that muscle gets. The further the distance of the screen is, the the more relaxed the muscle is. So distance is the number one key to avoid the muscle spasm and the later possible development of myopia. So with my kid, the thing was always we traveled a lot. Sometimes we didn't have TV; we just had an iPad. We put it on one end of the bed and keep him on the other end of the bed, where he was challenging his eyes to see, and he got used to it, and he's fine, and his vision's fine. But he was never allowed to hold the phone, never allowed to hold the iPad. The distance. It's always enforced.
1: So distance is on your side. That's good. Okay, so let's go back to more adults here, right? Because I want to know if there's hope for people like me. So, (laughs) so how do we escape? (laughs) What's the solution here? So, for individuals like many of the listeners and myself who have been in this just vicious this cycle of upping the prescription, upping the prescription, upping the prescription. How do we stop this cycle?
0: So I'm going to, I'm just going to say, I usually don't use the word prescription because okay, I'm not okay. a doctor for one. And also sure, sure. millions of dollars in lobbying created this prescription rule because lenses wholesale are 2 to $5 on average. The reason they're prescriptions is because they're protecting the profit margins, right? In lots of countries and places you can buy glasses over the counter, 10 bucks, right? Like they're, it's $100 billion a year industry, just as a side note. So- Fixing it is super simple. And this is why when we talked earlier, I'm like, I don't really have stuff for sale because the fix is super simple. It's basically wear less strong glasses and your eyes will readjust themselves. It takes about a year for the adopter. And on average, people, every three to four months, they can do a quote adopter the reduction. There are a few more details, like you want to wear weaker glasses for your screen time computer use so you're not straining your eye with this muscle getting so tight. And then for your distance vision, you just reduce your glasses a tiny bit, just a quarter diopter to where everything is more or less the same as it was before, but some things, some small print, if you watch movies with subtitles in a dark room, you'll have to challenge yourself a little bit more to read them. That ongoing, very light, very light bit of challenge in most people works for three to four months, that's an awesome thing. A little tiny bit of it is great. It should be almost unnoticeable If you're getting headaches or dry eyes or anything like that, you don't want that. But just a tiny reduction that just adds a tiny little bit of challenge is what you want because the eyes adjust very slowly. In three to four months, you'll notice these glasses work exactly as my previous glasses did three to four months ago. Then you get a quarter doctor lower again, and you just keep doing that till you no longer need glasses.
1: Wow. So have you worked with lots of clients who have done this then? So tell me the (laughs) testimonies. Yeah,
0: Tens of thousands of people. It's okay. It's an individual experience, right? And you have to have motivation to do it. And there's, it's the level where I'm saying, if you eat less calories, you're going to lose weight. Like I'm giving the short version, basically. It's the premise, right? Like you go to the gym to get stronger. It's super simple to do. And if you have a reason to do it, and once you make the first reduction successfully, it's oddly empowering to go, this is not wrong with me. Right? And then anybody who does that first reduction or for the most part will continue doing it because it's like, huh, I can do this. You can measure myopia by yourself. Very easy to do. It's just a distance to blur. You can keep a little log of how your eyesight improves. And every year you lose a diopter till you forget about those things and right. Like I had minus five. Wow. I have twenty, twenty eyesight. I don't own glasses.
1: Wow. Sounds too good to be true. So to me, I keep thinking, though, (laughs) if this comes back to the to the muscle spasm that we kind of opened the conversation with, how do we get the muscles to not spasm? Because it can't be, well, I shouldn't say can't. It it sounds like it can't be as easy as just, oh, reduce your prescription. Along the way, are there eye exercises or is there a time of eye rest or what other strategies do we need to implement then to help? I would think that muscle Relax, right? What's the other piece of this that I'm missing?
0: Yeah. Too good to be true just in that I'm saying if you eat less calories, you lose weight, right? Like that sounds too good to be true because we're skipping all the things that I love pizza. What am I going to do? Right? Like food addiction, all the things that play into that story. Same as the case here. Like we have serious screen addiction problems. Most people do. Getting away from that screen. I always say, you know, like if you're not getting three hours a day of solid real distance vision time, then it's going to be hard to improve your eyesight because you need distance vision to improve your distance vision. And 10 years ago, this wasn't that big of a deal, but now people like three hours, you know, and I, I get people looking at me like, what do you do for three hours right? Because we are so, right? You're at work in front of a screen, but then in your spare time, you go to dinner with friends, people in front of screens in the restaurant. The screen addiction is a huge issue. I had people on, I had a couple of guys on actually that were surfers recently. They improved the eyesight back to 2020 super quickly because they have a hobby. They're driving to the surf spot, they're spending hours sitting in the waves, they spend time driving back. That What makes it too good to be true is for a lot of people, the adjustment would be you can't spend all your time glued to a screen. You would have to address your problem that you may be not acknowledging with being addicted to that screen bit, right? So it's going to be challenging to learn about it and to buy your own glasses and kind of wander through this journey. It takes a reason to do it, but it's not that difficult.
1: How long does it take for that? Do we know how long it takes for the my muscles to relax. So I am on a computer also, right? So let's just say I see patients let's say 8 to noon. I'm basically on my computer looking at my patient or you know, on my computer. But let's say I take a break theoretically 12 to 12:30. Go do some meditation, close my eyes, right? <laughs> Are the how do I say this? Is that a long enough time to kind of allow those muscles to relax? Do we know how long it takes?
0: Yeah, good question. Is print and I chart? Already a great thing to have anyway, just to have one six meter, like the bigger charts are better. You can print it or just buy it off Amazon or whatever. There's three meter ones, there's six meter ones. The bigger distance ones are more accurate. doesn't matter though. You just hang it up somewhere and figure out what your best distance vision is. So basically you, you, you woke up in the morning or you had a relaxing day, or you went for a hike, whatever, several times, just keep comparing it. Which lines can I read? Adjust the distance of it, play around with it till you figure out best case scenario. What's the smallest line I can read. And then after this long patient session that you have, look at the chart again and notice that you can't see it as clearly as you did before, and then figure out how much time it takes of doing other stuff, coming back to the chart for that line to have cleared up again. That's when that muscle relaxed. It's all deceptive. It's just, it's so simple, all of this. This is why, once you figure it out, it just makes perfect sense because it's just a muscle spasm and the eyeball shape, right? And you slowly wean yourself off of the glasses and you work out exactly, that's a perfect question of how do I relax my muscle enough to where this is not an issue? And then, you you experience a much different perspective than being stuck with contact lenses or glasses.
1: So when you say you reduce by like a quarter diopter, so are you saying then with both your contacts and your glasses, you're just slowly reducing your prescription?
0: Right, exactly. It depends on the person. It depends on when you feel like you make that quote adopter reduction and you compare. I always say do an eye chart, do a distance vision landmark, like you go outside of your house, you see something that's challenging to read across the street nearby. And then that's your, your baseline. And then when you get the new lower glasses, you're like, "Uh uh-huh, that's blurrier at that distance challenging point. And then keep comparing it till after a few months, you're like, I can see the street sign as well as I could with my old glasses. And then you reduce them again.
1: See, I, and I think, so also how much time should we be spending without the contacts or without the glasses entirely? Because I, I'll tell you, one of my eyes is negative six. I mean, I'm, you know, my prescription's worse than <laughs> than you began, or I guess when you started your journey. So I literally cannot see well, at all when I take my glasses or my contacts off, should I still be spending a lot of time with them off, like towards the evening
0: hours? The one thing you want is a is a lower-dopped pair of glasses or contact lenses, but glasses ideally for all that close-up time. So... In general, it's about a and a half less than what you need for distance vision to be able to see the screen and things in a relative close up space muscle much more relaxed than if you have full power distance glasses all the time, right? So you put those on when you're not, you're not driving, you're not outside, you're not dealing with real distances. You're just like this conversation you and I are having, adopt and half less would work perfectly and would relax your eyes. You do that for a few months and you cannot wear those distance glasses during close-up. Like you'll immediately just feel nauseous. Over a long periods of time your eyes have gotten used to this massive amount of strain. But once you start wearing lower diopters for close up, it's going to be so much nicer, right? And then you reduce those, right? Every three to four months. And then you reduce the distance classes separately from those every three to four months. As you're asking me more questions, the it's too good to be true unravels, right? Like there's layers of details. It's not that complicated. It's basically, you're really just adjusting how much of this do I actually need to see clearly and then staying on top of that as as your dependence on those diopters reduces over time.
1: You've probably heard a lot about fish oil. It's one of the most common supplements available after all. But have you wondered if you should be taking it and why you might want to think about it? The simple answer is yes. If you don't have access to fresh fish several times per week, you can likely benefit from supplementation and may even need to. I test many of my patients' fatty acid levels and have found that the overwhelming majority of my patients are low in omega-3s. Omega-3 fatty acids are essential cornerstones of human nutrition. They are deemed essential because we need them for proper health, much like certain vitamins and minerals, but unfortunately we can't produce them on our own. As a result, our only option is to consume these fats either through our diet or through supplementation. Omega-3 fatty acids are known to benefit cardiovascular health, support healthy brain function and cognition, and have been proven to maintain a healthy inflammatory response. For all these reasons, achieving the proper balance of omega-3s is an important health strategy, one for which most people require supplementation. Simplified Fish oil can help improve your cholesterol, glucose, help your memory, reduce pain, even headaches and menstrual cramps. I typically start my patients with 1 to 2 grams or 1000 to 2000 milligrams per day of combined eicosapentaenoic acid which is EPA and docosahexaenoic acid which is DHA daily. Our Your Longevity Blueprint Omegas are stabilized in vitamin E oil and rosemary extract is used to ensure maximum purity and freshness. This exclusive fish oil is purified, vacuum distilled, and independently tested to ensure heavy metals, pesticides, and polychlorinated biphenyls, PCBs, are removed to undetectable levels. Plus, our fish oil has the shortest sea-to-shelf time, meaning from fish to bottle or capsule, of only 3 to 6 months, as compared to the industry average of 18 to 36 months. Seriously, that means most of the fish oil you buy over-the-counter is old, oxidized, rancid, and not helpful. That fish oil purchased over-the-counter could be three years old already before you ingest it. Yuck. With over 10,000 published studies in the last three decades, EPA and DHA from fish oil are among the most researched natural ingredients available and have a long history of safety and efficacy. Check out more product information on our website, yourlongevityblueprint.com, and use code OMEGA3S for 10% off. Now let's get back to the show. I'm going to ask you another question, and if you don't want to speak to it, we'll just edit this out, but my vision got significantly worse postpartum. I mean, my vision went wonky, and I know there's a hormonal component to vision changes, and so I quickly got a uh, stronger power prescription, whatnot, because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't focus, I can't see, whatnot. And maybe I should have more pushed through that per se, but I feel like that's what kind of got me in a worse conundrum. Do you hear that often? Or for listeners, if this happens to them, is there anything they can do? I kind of freaked out because I was like, I gotta be able to see, like, you know, <laughs> to work. <laughs> and up my prescription went postpartum.
0: Go see an ophthalmologist regularly, not an optometrist necessarily. People work in a shopping mall, so glass is not my first choice, but go see an ophthalmologist once a year, get eye checkups. I'm not a doctor, I can't give medical advice make sure that your eyes are well right like there's lots of things can that can affect your eyesight that are other things besides screens and glasses this is just a very common scenario plenty of other things that i'm not speaking towards hormones affect eyesight food affects eyesight sleep affects eyesight all kinds of things affect eyesight now that i'm back to normal vision shocking. Like it is just, but when you talk to people who have never worn glasses and you ask them that happens, right? Like a hormone change for sure. Like if I were to eat, I don't anymore, luckily, but if I were to eat a pizza and drink a Coke, the insulin spike would just wreck my vision. It just does, right? Like if I spent four hours watching Netflix on an iPad at this distance, screwed. But a lot of people don't, or if you never wore glasses, or if you're in this situation where you know better, you just go, my body is telling me that the system is not working as well as it should. There's stuff going on, right? And eyesight is one of the things that gives you that indication of, yeah, not great, right? And adjusting that with the so-called prescriptions, it will work immediately, but now you're stuck with those things and you're going to have to work your way back. So in a lot of cases, it is ideal to go What can I do about this? Maybe I need to cut back on screen time. Maybe I need to meditate. Maybe I need to take time to look at distances and slowly be closer to a thing outside, right? And experience it and step a little bit further back and just give yourself a few weeks or months, whatever time it takes for everything to return back to normal. Not so quickly reaching for the glasses unless it's driving or safety or other reasons.
1: Sure, sure. Let's talk about some of those other things that contribute to our vision. So one being nutrition. So are there certain foods you recommend individuals consume or avoid? Or are there certain supplements that are just for eye health, top of your list, things that you take on a daily basis?
0: So I'm not a nutritionist. We've got a huge forum where people talk about all these things. And I'm very schooled. I'm often schooled on my lack of knowledge and all of this stuff. Generally speaking, diet has a significant effect for a lot of people. Insulin spikes are not great. So the the better sorted your diet in general is, the happier eyes will be. That said, you can be obese and reverse your myopia. You totally can. It's not a requirement, but you'll certainly notice the difference, well, like the insulin spikes, for example. Supplements, again, not my area. When people ask me, I say blood panels, correct deficiencies, the body is an integrated system, everything works together. If you're missing stuff... It's going to affect your eyesight too. There are definitely supplements that are supposed to help eyesight. The studies are kind of hit or miss in terms of, do I need this? And will my eyesight be negatively affected? Myopia in particular, question mark. So I don't take supplements specifically for eyesight, but I do get regular blood panels. And sometimes things are not right. And I try to fix that.
1: Do you want to speak to any other age-related vision changes? Even speak to like cataracts or glaucoma or dry eyes or what other tips do you have for our listeners?
0: The interesting thing about myopia is it's not really, there's nothing wrong with your eyes, right? It's a muscle spasm and then a healthy eye adjusting. Glaucoma, there's a, a medical condition where I'm not schooled or educated on, so I can't comment on. But a super common thing is presbyopia, which is your near vision goes away you can't see clearly up close anymore and what happens is the lens in the eye that we're talking about that flexible lens it's super cool with that circular muscle around it the lens hardens with age so the muscle has to work harder to shape the lens so you can't see as clearly as close at a certain age like i'm close to 50 so i'm supposed to be in that age range where i'm like reading glasses for a large majority of people that i interact with and that's a really large group Nobody needs reading glasses at any age. So I'm not claiming anything here other than you may be able to avoid reading glasses by not wearing reading glasses if you don't really need them and practicing better habits like better lighting. When you're reading a book, instead of reading in a dark room, read it next to natural ambient lighting, adjust the distance to it. If you do need reading glasses, wear the lowest diopters possible because the more adopters of reading glasses you wear, the less that muscle has to work, the less the lens is being shaped, the more easily that lens hardens and the more you become dependent on reading glasses. And I'm no expert, right? Except that I'm getting old. So I'm seeing it happen on myself. The more we can avoid these dependencies, it seems the more we maintain our ability to use our bodies, the less we are affected by age in a lot of ways. So I always caution people to not reach for reading glasses unless they need them because once they do, They tend to become dependent on them.
1: Well, tell us about this. You say you have kind of this this forum where individuals can ask questions and whatnot. Tell us about your website. Do you have programs there that help patients, I shouldn't say patients, help individuals kind of learn how to reduce their diopters or or tell us about your website?
0: So there is a terrifying website called endmyopia.org that I've made and that's been living for many, many years. So there's a bazillion articles on there. Um, We have a big Facebook group. We have an even bigger forum. We've got a terrible YouTube channel with my face on it. We've got all kinds of resources to help people connect with other people on a similar journey, right? Because it's like you said, the reactions range from it's too good to be true to this can't be true to this is daunting. And it's really nice to just kind of have a little free seven-day email guide that walks you through the basic steps. And then, Join the forum, join the Facebook group, do some reading. Think of it as a project, right? Like it's not an article of these five magical steps to fix your eyes. It's more of an exploration of making yourself better. And if you take a month or two, you're definitely going to get to the point where you can you can reduce depending on these things.
1: Very cool. Now on your site, do you have, is there a quiz? Like, are my eyes broken?
0: There is. Experimentally, I play around with stuff. So I'm not an expert on these terrible things of the internet, but people ask recurring questions a lot. So I played with this quiz idea. If you take the quiz, which you don't need to, it doesn't lead, you don't have to sign up with your email or anything. It will, based on the adopters that you have, it will show you a lot of other people who had a similar adopter range and stories of how they improved from there. It's a nice, like if you're at minus six right now, you take the quiz, you end up on a page that shows you all the people that well, not all of them, but a lot of the people that I've interacted with that started Minus6, whether it's Facebook posts or whether that's podcast episodes we did with them. So it kind of gives you a nice starting point of, hey, there's this person and they started here and here's what they did and here's where they're currently. So it's nice.
1: Very cool. Well, I ask all of my guests what their top longevity tip would be. So what is your absolute top longevity tip?
0: Stay away from sugar and plenty of sports.
1: Plenty of sports. That's good. I haven't heard that one yet.
0: <laughs> really? So important. I, I got into jujitsu a year ago. And I, like I said, I'm almost 50. Like, there's just weird things. I couldn't sleep on my left side for many years. Just I could lay on it for a little while, but then things would start hurting. And since I've started that, that's all gone. It's just something I realized in the last several weeks. I'm like, I can sleep on my left side. It's amazing. All that movement and challenge and stuff. It's brilliant
1: i have a handful of patients around your age who are also in into jujitsu jiu- i can't even say it jujitsu right now yeah it's a workout it's a big workout it's, yeah
0: it's so great it's so I, i'm addicted to it
1: my brothers do as well well any is there anything else that you didn't get a chance to share that you would like to share with our listeners today
0: maybe it, and then i should start with that is you need a reason to want to do it right and
1: mm-hmm. always, it's always have to such have your a wide, wide range to- yeah
0: Yeah, the why of that people don't realize because you pop in the contacts or you put on the glasses and you think you're fine. Contact lenses are a little bit of a deal with the devil. Corneal thinning happens. If you look that up on Google Scholar, over the course of many years, your cornea tends to start getting thinner. That doesn't seem to reverse. So long-term contact lens wear isn't so great. If you wear glasses, your social interactions are a little weird because you're looking through the center of lenses. So your neck versus your eye movement is just off. So people perceive you a little bit strangely. So you seem socially possibly a little bit more awkward if you compare people with glasses to people without, or if people no longer need them. Changes your posture because if you wear glasses, you walk, you have to look at the ground because you can't, you don't have good peripheral vision. It raises anxiety in people because your peripheral vision is not generally not functioning. So you're Your brain keeps going. I don't know what's going on here. So there's lots and lots of lots of reasons that not taking care of your vision affects your whole general experience with life. Worth just digging into what part of your existence is connected to vision that might not be ideal that you could positively affect with this.
1: Very interesting. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I'm sure sparking lots of curiosity amongst our listeners. Thank you for introducing us to just the concept of the muscle spasm, because I think many of us didn't even know that's what was happening. And really just giving us hope that we can end myopia and we can actually reduce the strength of our glasses, that there is hope there and you have a community to prove it. So thank you so much today for coming on the show and sharing with our listeners.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Well, that interview did affirm to me that I was right in that I shouldn't continue to increase and increase my scripts year after year, but actually try to lower them. Be sure to check out nmyopia.org to see testimonies of those who have successfully done that and connect with Jake. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint, and if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thank you so much for listening and remember, wellness is waiting.